I think often it's easy to be defined by your caring role. You know, obviously part of your role is to be a young carer, but it's not doesn't define you. You can still have a life and be your own person outside of your caring role. Welcome to season two of YC Bites, a Carers New South Wales podcast series focusing on young carers. My name's Nina and I'm excited to be your host for this season. On behalf of Carers New South Wales, I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of country on which we live, learn and work. We acknowledge the wisdom of elders past and present and pay respects to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander communities of today. In this series, you'll be hearing the voices and stories of young carers. In New South Wales, young carers are children and young people aged 25 years and under who help care for a family member, partner or friend living with a disability, mental illness, drug or alcohol dependency, chronic condition, terminal illness or who is frail. It's awesome to be involved in this project as I work in TV and radio and I love sharing stories through audio. But I'm also a young carer and I've been caring for about the last six or so years. Throughout this podcast series, our aim is to raise awareness in the community about young carers, as this is a group of people who are often not recognised or understood. Identifying young carers or supporting young carers to identify themselves is important as it allows these young people to access support. Last season, we focused on some of the key milestones and transition points in a young carer's journey, things like moving through school, gaining independence and establishing their career. You can catch up on Season 1 by searching for YC Bytes in your favourite podcast streaming platform, like Spotify or Apple Podcasts. We're excited to continue the conversation as we chat with young carers and other guest speakers about how supporting a loved one has shaped and influenced career choices, hobbies or passion projects. There are so many skills and strengths that are gained through the caring experience. I know for me, it has definitely uh, developed my resilience, my independence, my communication skills, and my resourcefulness. We hope YC Bites will strengthen your connection with and understanding of young carers, and we invite you to consider how you can better recognize and support young carers in your family, classroom, workplace, or local community. This season, each episode will highlight the stories and experiences of young carers. We have a wonderful lineup of guest interviews and speakers, and we'll introduce you to each of them as the season progresses. In this episode, we get to know Lua. Lua will be interviewed by Carers New South Wales CEO, Elena Katrakis. Lua is a young Wiradjuri woman who grew up on Durag country, and she cares for her younger brother who lives with disabilities. Lua is a fine arts and arts student majoring in Indigenous Studies at the University of New South Wales. So Lua, welcome. Thanks Elena. I've known Lua really over a a number of years. We've done lots of different community gigs Mm. and events together Mm. Um, and Lua's come and spoken at those events and really flown the young carer flag. So it would be great for you, Lua, I think, and for everyone, if you could start off our fabulous conversation today Mm -hmm. um, and tell us a little bit about yourself and your caring role and what types of things you do to support your brother. 
Yeah, so I mean, I think it's a bit of an interesting question because um, I guess for me, my caring role has changed over time. So at the moment, I'm not living at home anymore. But when I was living at home, I guess my caring role as my brother's secondary carer kind of encompassed a lot of different things, including, you know, bathing, feeding, administering medication, picking up medication, attending appointments, driving. And to an extent, I still do those things, but I guess just in smaller amounts when I am at home and my mum does need that additional support. And I mean, I guess a little bit about me. I love art. Um, I've always loved art. And that's one of the things that I'm really passionate about. Lua, there's lots of things that you do. And I think it's important for us to kind of get to understand and know you a little bit more mm-hmm. um, to get behind, I suppose, what motivates you, what drives you, and all of the different things that you're involved in, um, but also how being a young carer might have influenced some of those things that you do or mm. maybe enhance some of the skills that you have um, as a result of being a young carer. So I thought maybe we might start off with just um, a bit of a question to kind of understand you as a person. Why don't you tell us what's your morning routine? How do you start your day? Well, that's a good question. I mean, I think it's different every day, just depending what I've got on, but I am by no means a morning person. (laughs) If I had to say what the routine would be every morning, pretty much the first thing I do is have a cup of tea. Like I need my caffeine as soon as I open my eyes. My kettle is next to my bed. Like (laughs) it is not far. I literally will lay in bed, turn the kettle on, roll over, wait for it to boil and then make my cup of tea and sit in bed and drink it. And that's kind of every morning. And then I guess depending on the day it changes. But if it's a work day, usually I'll have my clothes ready for me already. I have I wear the same clothes to work every single week, the same outfit, a grey suit, very boring. And I have that ready to go right on my bedside table as well, just to put on because I don't really want to think too much in the morning and I just kind of get up and go straight into the office and do nothing else. Um, sounds like <laughs> I think that's a bit questionable, yeah. <laughs> but I think it sounds like you're very organised. And I think yeah. organisation um, and having great organisational skills is often something that we see with young carers because of all the things that they balance and that they have to balance. So that's interesting for Mm. us to hear. Um, And we know how fantastic you are in the area of art. You uh, did the artwork for our Reconciliation Action Plan, which was fantastic. And you've done many other pieces of incredible artwork. But could you tell us how you first became passionate about art? Yeah, so I think it was one of the things that I just enjoyed from a really young age. And my great-grandmother was an artist. Um, so I think I drew a lot of inspiration from her. And then growing up, I had always just found an interest in the creative arts. And when I was little, I really enjoyed drama and music and painting and drawing. And um, from a really young age, my dad actually enrolled me in drawing classes, which I really enjoyed. And then that passion kind of followed through with me into high school and visual arts was one of my favourite subjects. And I found so much joy in those studies and it was almost like a break from studying. It felt like when I was working on my year 12 major work, which I don't think a lot of people would say because it is a bit stressful at the time. And I just really enjoyed having the ability to have a creative outlet and that's something that I still really enjoy. So, yeah, I think the passion for art has always been there. It's just kind of popped up in different ways. And now I love being able to be an artist on the side of doing all my other work because it continues to give me that creative outlet. The ease with with how you kind of bring those creative skills to everything that you do I think is really amazing. Thank you. So just to kind of, I suppose, dig a little bit deeper, Lua, Mm. 
Could you maybe think of a time in your life that was quite challenging and think about and tell us um, how you overcame that challenge? Yeah, this is actually a really interesting question. So I was thinking about this and something that I don't really touch on that often. Um, I think I've spoken a lot in the past about, um, you know, difficulties being a young carer and difficulties at school with learning difficulties myself. Um, but something I don't really touch on is the fact that I have really severe allergies. And that's actually been quite a big challenge for me, having both food allergies and being allergic to different medications. It's interesting to how it manifests in all different aspects of my life. And it's something that I guess as a young person, I didn't have to think about as much because I always had my parents kind of taking the reins and cooking food that was safe for me to eat and making sure that when we ate out, they were the ones kind of I guess, like vetting all the food before I ate it. And then now having that responsibility myself is quite challenging. Um, and I think it's very underestimated how much it impacts people's lives. Yeah. And how how do you deal, how do you manage that kind of um, anxiety that might come from sort of those interactions around food and those different kind of examples that you gave us? Yeah. So, I mean, I think for a little while there, it was a little bit of avoidance. And then I think I just had to test the waters again and kind of become more confident. And also there's a lot of reviews online about places and how well they handle different allergens. There's even apps where some restaurants put their menu on the app and you can search what allergens are in all their dishes, um, which I think is really fantastic. So there's definitely ways around it. It's just finding ways where you can you know, enjoy those things like eating a meal with your friends without having the stress that comes with it from knowing that you have allergies. So arming yourself with the information. Yeah. Um, and I think also, you know, things have changed so much over the years to have mm. that access online and digitally um, for that sort of information from restaurants and things like that really opens up, I mm. think, those opportunities um, for people as well. Definitely. Fantastic. Um, you, you mentioned before about your parents kind of managing stuff for you when you were younger in terms of the food allergies and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. And that kind of leads me to my kind of next question about who has been your biggest supporter or your role model? Oh, I would definitely have to say my mom. Yeah, for sure. Um, she's such an incredible woman. You know, I'm one of six, so I've got five brothers and sisters and three nieces. So she's got three granddaughters and she's just superwoman and she somehow manages to manage it all. And, you know, I think I look up to her a lot because she's so independent and such a problem solver. And um, when she was younger, she didn't really have the opportunity to go to school that much because um, from a really young age, she actually cared for my grandmother. So she was a young carer for my grandmother from the age of three and she tells me stories about hopping up on a stool so that she could be at the stove and cooking my nan breakfast. And I think hearing stories like that of her challenges and struggles as a young carer back in the day when I guess the idea of a young carer wasn't really discussed or known is really interesting in the way that that so heavily impacted her life and her education um, and how that hasn't let her or how that hasn't impacted her as an adult or she hasn't let it to an extent as she is just so motivated to not let those things in her life hold her back. Yeah, and I think having someone like that to inspire me is just, yeah, what more could you ask for? <laughs> That's right. And I think obviously that kind of caring across all of those generations mm. uh is I think something that's really kind of interesting because I think we know and people have heard this kind of thing before, but at some time in your life you're either going to be a carer, you're going to either be cared for, you know, it, it impacts so many people's lives. And we know that, you know, within 
Uh, Australia at the moment, there's 2.65 million carers. In New South Wales, there's around 850,000 carers. And of those, around 83,000 are young carers under the age of 25. Mm. And Uh, I guess I'd add to that as well, that would most likely be a gross underrepresentation of the amount of young carers because a lot of young people don't um, identify or self-identify as carers. Yeah, absolutely. And we know that caring is really prevalent, but also I think hearing about your mum and your mum caring Mm. at such a young age, you also having that, you know, young carer role um, with your brother in your family. And, um, you know, I think those kind of qualities also kind of carry through the generations as well. Mm. And you said your mum was um, like a superwoman. Yeah. What do you think makes her a superwoman? Yeah, so with my mum, she's like superwoman to me because she's so resilient. Um, And I think, you know, hearing her story and what she's been through and seeing her, you know, come out the other end of it to me makes her superwoman and her empathy for others and her ability to just be so selfless in everything that she does and how giving she is, you know, and how much time she has for me and my siblings. I don't think I've ever felt like I've missed out because I have so many siblings or because I have a sibling with disabilities. Um, She's never let that take up so much of her time that the rest of us miss out, which I think is just an amazing skill to be able to have to juggle not only so many children, but also all of our commitments and, you know, stay across all of the exciting things that are happening. I think that makes her superwoman. Fantastic. So I think they're probably qualities that we kind of see a lot in carers Mm. um, and particularly in young carers that you've talked about with your mum. Can you tell us if there's any skills you've learned as a carer that you feel you now use or apply in your life day to day? I think one of the main underestimated skills is just the ability to do admin. Admin is just very difficult in a lot of ways, even dealing with Centrelink or NDIS and even other places like dealing with the bank, you know, uni enrollment. There's so much admin in life. And as a young carer, you learn those administrative skills very early on. And for me, because my mum struggled with reading and writing, that was often something that I took on um, from a young age, even though I also had learning difficulties. So it was kind of interesting because I had to navigate that with her and we kind of had to put our brains together and work out how to do all of this administrative paperwork. Um, and then as I've gotten older, I've even heard from uni support staff, oh, you know, you're so across it. You're so on top of it. And I think that's because from such a young age, I've always had to be. And I think as well, multitasking as a young carer, you get very good at learning how to juggle multiple commitments at once. And I'd be thinking in my head, you know, I've got to do my assignment, then I've got to do this, then I've got to feed Landy, then I've got to go and do this, and then I've got to go pick up this and then drop off my brother here and then go there. And those skills, I think, especially in this day and age, are so important because we're living in such a rapid-paced society and there's so many things that need to happen in such a quick amount of time. And I think young carers almost have a superpower in the sense that they've learnt those multitasking skills from such a young age. And also empathy. I think it's such an underrated skill and it really it really is such an important skill to have and I think it helps you um, make your way through the world in such a more considered and understanding way. And I think that young carers should be putting on their resumes that they are young carers and listing these sort of skills as, you know, interpersonal skills that they have because I think they're just as valid or if not more valid than any sort of skills that you'd learn in an entry-level job. Absolutely. And I think that that lived experience of care – 
that does manifest itself in those ways of those kind of different skills, which mm. are so important to kind of your life, uh, no matter where you are or what you do, I think is, you know, really, really important. So could you tell us what's what personal achievement are you most proud of? I guess for me, one of the big achievements that I still kind of come back to is finishing high school and going on to study at university because uh, that was something that my parents never got to do and um, unfortunately my siblings never got to do that either and I was really lucky to be able to have the opportunity to do that. And I think for me um, it's not just an achievement for myself but an achievement for my family and the generations in my family that have come before me that didn't have those opportunities and have the ability to, you know, go on to study for, well, one, study in the first place and then two, go on to do further study. And I just think I feel very proud that I get to carry on that legacy and know that even though I'm the first in my family to go on to study at university, I won't be the last. So it's definitely something that I'm proud of for myself, but I think I'm proud of it as well for my family and what it means for us and what it means for my parents. I know it means a lot to them as well that they have been able to support me through this journey. You've done so many different things. Mm. There's the kind of the study side and then there's the art side as well because I think some of the achievements in the art world um, and the things that you've done there mm. um, have also just been um, incredible. I'm sure there's also brings lots of lots of pride. Yeah. Um, Actually, a funny story on that. So obviously when I did the Swans Indigenous Round um, Jersey, uh, I think as you were saying, like kind of that impact for my family, I remember one of the really cute and funny things that my niece Aubrey said to me. She was talking to my sister and she said, oh, you know, Aunty Lula, because that's what she calls me, she says, is she famous? Is she a famous artist? And my sister said, yeah, yeah, you could say that. And she said, so famous that people know that she has a niece named Aubrey. And I think in moments like that, I just think it's so clear the impact that I'm having for the future generations in my family. And I just thought, like, if that doesn't sum up what the purpose is, I don't know what does. Beautiful. So to, to end our conversation do you have any advice for listeners who might be a young carer themselves or who have, who have a young carer in their life? What, what kind of advice would you give them? I think if I had to give any piece of advice, it's that often as a young carer, you have these amazing skills of being selfless and caring for others. Um, but I think at some point you begin to realize you can't pour from an empty cup and you have to look after yourself and you doing the things that are good for you and are important to you is actually serving the people around you. Um, and you have to, you know, look after yourself and do the things that you're passionate about. And I think often it's easy to be defined by your caring role and think that, oh, as a young carer, that's my role is to care where your role is, you know, obviously part of your role is to be a young carer, but it's not, doesn't define you you can still have a life and be your own person outside of your caring role. And I think that it's important that you do because I think it allows you to actually be better at your caring role. Yeah, and I think that's fantastic words to finish on because I think looking after yourself is so important, particularly for carers and particularly for young carers, Mm. particularly for those young carers that don't necessarily see themselves as young carers. Important for them, I think, to recognise that they are carers but also to seek that support and to look after themselves. So, yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for sharing some of your story today with us, Lua. It's been incredible. 
And I think uh, lots of messages there for young carers, uh, no matter where they are, no matter where they are in terms of their own caring journey, um, their own kind of life story. There's so many different opportunities. And I think Lua uh, has really illustrated those for us today. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. What a great conversation between Elena and Lua. It was really interesting hearing about Lua's interest in art from a young age and how art has been her creative outlet over the years. I also liked her point about her skills and strengths as a young carer being applicable to work and adding these skills to our resumes. I had a similar conversation with another young carer in episode four of season one of YC Bites, and we spoke about transferable skills and strengths from caring and applying these to work. And I agree the skills I've learned as a young carer should be better recognised by employers. The story Lua shared about her niece was so sweet. Thanks so much to Lua for sharing your experiences. You can visit the show notes on today's episode to learn more about young carer supports and services. And don't forget to subscribe to YC Bytes to be notified when the next episode airs in a few months' time. This episode of YC Bytes was hosted by me, Nina Longfellow. It was written and produced by the Carers New South Wales Young Carer Team. Special thanks to our speakers, Lua and Elena, who contributed to today's episode. Carers New South Wales is the peak non-government organisation for carers in New South Wales. We provide information, education and training, research, resources and a range of carer-specific programs and projects to support and raise awareness of family and friend carers in the community. For more information, please visit www.carersnsw.org.au or call 02 9280 4744.